We're here for the 300th episode. 300 episodes? I know. Isn't that amazing? We got to 300. We sh- I don't know. Should we just take the time to look back on uh, everything we've done? No. 300 episodes? No. Absolutely no? not. No Why way. Why not? We can we've just look back. Too- at all. There's, There's so much. You're still. Yeah, but- no. You're still talking. Yeah. Shut up. There's a lot of questions. There's so many questions that we got uh, that we got to get through. It's going to take 300 minutes. We don't have time for this. Hit it, Ocean City Defender. This may appear to be only monkey business, but in reality, it's very serious, ladies. Zero issues coming podcast. Zero issues coming podcast. Hey, welcome to our 300th episode. 300! Whoop, whoop, whoop! We're, we are uh, being extremely self-indulgent this week. We have written each other some questions that we're going to do our darndest to answer. And we've also, uh, we asked our, our listeners to uh, to send us in some questions. And boy, howdy, did they? Yeah, they... Uh... And or, and or, and or people on the internet. I mean, like, yeah. who knows? <laughs> well... Let's just let's just call them one thing. That's fine. <laughs> Please. We'll do that. We'll do that. And and one of those lovely people is is going to win a prize and it might be you if you're one of the people that sent us the thing. We will get to that near the end of the show and we are going to answer every single one of those questions. But first, Merc, have you got some questions for us? This is where we hold them. This is where we Answer the question. I'm going to begin it off. Question number one. Since we started the podcast, which is what, six, seven years ago-ish mm-hmm. or something like that, it, this is kind of a two-parter. What's the best new comic book series that's come out? So began and may have ended or continued, but started started since we began the podcast. That's the first part. The second part, and what's the best existing comic book series? So it began before the start of the podcast and it's still going there's a lot honestly there's so many that are just phenomenal um but when i keep going back to just sort of what i feel like it brought to that character into the table is uh ta-nehisi coates uh black panther which he had i think he's got a few artists like uh, brian stelfreeze and chris sprouse and some others Mm -hmm. which i mean it's not like a new title but it's like specifically a new like that specific run on the character i'm, I'm pretty sure it came out after we started the uh, podcast anyway like 2016 I yeah i oh, did totally yeah yeah and it's it's it you know brings a lot of like kind of big political ideas to sort of like wakanda and like the kingdom and and stuff like that and, and it tells like a great story he's like it's really on fire with that character and it really i think kind of deepened things uh quite a bit i really liked it for for one that started and finished while we were recording i think giant days which i don't think a ton of people have read i've i've mentioned it on the show many times merc is, is looking I, yeah, at me sounds, like I'm a crazy person i know it sounds vaguely familiar but i think I'm familiar, for, i read like allison's other comics i just actually, yeah. actually read giant days so i really yeah. should check it out so so like I said, it's by John Allison. He's been doing uh, stuff in the same sort of universe since like 1998, and he might come up again later in the show, but Giant Days went for, I think, about 24 issues, and it was all like the sort of self-contained story of three girls going to college for the first time, and their, you know, their years oh, spent right. there, uh, and it's it's fun, it's pretty, you love the characters, you love the dialogue. If you're me, if you're me, and I'm me. As for a comic that 
started before or like an existing comic series that began before we even started and is still going uh i'm gonna say x-men because even when it's really bad and there have been there have been a couple times when it's been really bad uh like when they were trying to do the whole inhumans thing and it was awful but like even like in the past seven years even when it's really bad it's it's sort of entertaining to look at and go like what are they doing oh you gave colossus a beard that's cool (laughs) Well, there, there's, there's your ray of hope. And when it's good, it's really good. Like the, you know, when uh, the Wolverine and the X-Men stuff was good, the new X-Men stuff was good. The, the stuff where the originals traveled forward in time. That was cool. The current yeah. stuff is yeah. cool. There, there's so much good stuff there that it outweighs the bad stuff, which is still weird to look at. I think there are so many great X-Men runs that like, you know, it, it's got something for everybody. Yeah. Mine is, uh, I'm not going to say much because I talked about it too much already, but Usagi Ojimbo, absolutely brilliant since 1984 consistently and still running and hope it does for a very long time to come. For the ones that started since we started the podcast, uh, definitely Black Hammer, everything in the Black Hammer universe, fantastic. Maestro, I'm going to mention, because they're just like these short little six issue things and then they did one and now they're doing the second one now. It's just fun. And it's just kind of what that character should be. It's just, you know, that contained thing. It doesn't have to be a whole universe. It's just fun. Uh, Moon Knight, the Jeff Lemire, uh, that series was, like, and he's had several series start and stop, but particularly that one. Yeah, yeah super I highly good. recommend it. I'm almost done. Uh, <laughs> Jason Aaron's Thor run is impeccable. It's amazing. Yeah. And of course, I, like, these are all, like, superhero-esque things, Black Hammer being a little bit of an offshoot, but Sheltered from Image uh, was super good. Yeah. Really totally blindsided me and just super interesting. Uh, For the ones that existed before uh, we started and continued, and and this is kind of a gray area, Saga, because who knows if it's continuing. It's on a hiatus, but it's been a hiatus for two years. I don't know. I, I thought it was done. I honestly thought it was done until I was told otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> I I always just assumed it was a um, a hiatus, and then so something with the pandemic just kind of extended that hiatus. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next question. Name a few of your favorite moments from doing the podcasts. A, a lot of my favorite stuff from doing this hasn't necessarily been recorded some of the stuff has been like you know when we've done like uh like busker fest or uh thundercon or, or various things like that where or even you know the uh the thunder bay country market which we all have a share a booth at uh that has yeah. sort of sprung out of doing this show together stuff like that or like just when we would get together for like a planning meeting to be like okay what are we going to do for the next six months can we can we put some of these things in place and, we just, and then we, we wouldn't put any of them in place. We'd put a couple. Yeah. We'd put a couple. <laughs> we'd forget about them. <laughs> but the important thing is we got a couple of beers and appetizers. Uh, That's at right. These meetings, oh, so. exactly. I got exactly. to drink my first and last hot toddy. Uh, <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Don't get one. He's like, I've never had hot toddy. I'm going to order one. I'm like, I don't know if that's a good idea. If you, uh, yeah. And you were right. It wasn't. No, no bad idea. Mine would be just recording every time we did like the holiday half pints or like the, the advent calendar episodes. And we would like often like do, we do it all in like one night, I think. Yeah. Well. A lot of the times or like a couple. One or two nights. Yeah. 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 And it was just like, you know, it's, it's. 
you know, December and we're just, it's like freezing and we're just like, let's go to Merck's house and just like get too drunk and just like, he's going to play the guitar and we're going to make up intro songs that are really quick. (laughs) Just, it was such a, like a wild chaotic energy and uh, I did, I did, it was a fun time. One of my personal favorites is uh, when we did Taser Face the movie. Uh, yeah. taking Guardians of the Galaxy and flipping it on its head as if it was all about Taserface and reviewed the entire movie as such. I thought that was, that was pretty fun. That was, and it was kind of a changing point for us of like actually thinking about how to do different things. Yeah, yeah. And, we're not just going to review a movie. If a movie's coming yeah. out and we're going to tie it in, we're going to do something weird about it. Yeah, it's like, you know what? Everybody's reviewing this movie. We don't need to review this movie. We can do something else. And probably my uh, pinnacle of favorite moments from recording, uh, we did a version, our own version of Monster Mash. Uh, and we had like, a, <laughs> yes. everybody took uh, a, a part of the song and we changed the lyrics. So it was all about Bri being in a bubble bath. And it was one of those moments. You ever have those moments where you laugh so hard you think you're going to die? You can't get a breath. <laughs> yeah. You're like tears are streaming down your face. You think you peed your pants already. And you're just like, oh, my, I can't breathe. Oh, I'm just laughing so hard. <laughs> I, I literally thought I was just going to pass out. I was laughing so hard. Just mainly because of bride. Like everybody working together to do this. But bride, when he came in. <laughs> And his part was like to do like weird sounds like I'm in a bubble bath. <laughs> yeah, he was just enjoying being in and a it, bubble bath. <laughs> and it was all off key stuff. And I nearly died. It was so funny. I, I feel like my my uh, my ideal uh, state is being like a weird child clown. I you got I got just I almost wrote down one of my favorite parts is just listening to Bry's interesting noises. Being <laughs> doing the editing is the noises that come out of Bry. I'm like, is that a human noise? It's amazing. I don't, like I I cannot make that noise. I know you're saving them, and I know April Fool's Day <laughs> oh, one year is oh, going to be a shotgun yeah. blast of just just I'm gonna, <laughs> just gonna have all to his move. noises. Well, I, one favorite thing is always coming up with the titles, especially we, whenever we would say something, it would, that's where we'd get the title out of it. So we get to a point where we're like, oh, there's a title. Somebody would say something stupid and then that would be the title. <laughs> then you'd make a cover for it when you're editing it and it would just be a fun time. And also, as a that's, side note, that's the title of this episode. Somebody says something stupid and that's the title. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. There we go. That's pretty good. We're not done yet. There's plenty. There's plenty true. of stupid things to no, come. True. I I collected and wrote down a, like a few of my favorite uh, titles from our previous episodes, and these are just the ones that I have. Uh, just quickly, Superboy Prime Rib. I, I always mm-hmm. enjoyed that mm-hmm. one. Uh, spicy Spicy Claws and other 2019 predictions. <laughs> I think that bear was just Alan Moore. Highly probable. Love it, I don't know, love it. and the there's actually an extended part. It's I I think that bear was Alan Moore. It's the Buscemi Vision Edition, and it's oh, Steve Buscemi, it's the Buscemi staring. Vision yes, <laughs> like what well, that means, I'm not sure. I can't. We're, re- we're really counting on somebody seeing these titles and be like, "What in God's name could that mean?" I must find <laughs> out. And I think my personal favorite, creaky bones and a jughead face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's you, which I mean, that I believe, like, I, I think even Creaky Bones, I think that came out of uh, Miss Grundy. I think, well, I mean, she does I have a jughead when... face, she, she does, does have, she does have both I... of those things. It is a pretty jughead face, that's true. 
It is a pretty Jughead face. All right, let's jump on to the next question. What would happen if Peter Parker were bit by a different kind of spider? Uh, example, daddy long legs or jumping spider or bird eating spider or something. What kind of spider was he bit by? We don't know. Oh, it could yeah. have been a daddy long legs. Daddy long legs. It's a, it's could a, have been a, a bird eating like spider. And then oh, that's yeah. why he eats pigeons yep. while he's flying yes. through the air. Just constantly just like. <laughs> just tears the head off. Otherwise him. normal. Yep. Daddy Longlegs, again, Ditko Peter Parker with gigantic gangly arms, just like, just awkwarding up a storm. Um, I have one that is the, the Sparkle Muffin spider. If you'll look it up, it's, it's amazing. It's like kind of like a fuzzy spider and it, it's, it's a uh, abdomen. Like the butt is like this bright highlighter blue and orange pattern. So Peter Parker's butt is that butt. He's got a bright, weird, giant butt that he's got to hide at all times. He never wants to change uh, during phys ed? Nope. No. Yeah. Nope. Can you imagine what oh, Flash would say? My God. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... Flash like, would he, be he, all over that butt. Well, he'd be wearing those apple-bottom jeans. Uh. <laughs> and the boots of the webs. An orb spider, which has, like, a huge round butt. Then Peter Parker would have a big round butt, like in those mm-hmm. tiny little Parker jeans. Oh, yeah. And then he could be drawn in that pose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really. yeah. Oh. Face down, ass up. Yeah. Yeah. Face also yeah. up. That's right. Uh, beyond the comic book movies that are done or currently announced, give your top three you'd like to see developed, whether realistic or not, and like no in-depth explanation of how to do it, just what they are. Okay, um, the first one I have is The Spirit. And you might be saying, they already made a movie about The Spirit. No, they did not. Uh, they have to base it on the Eisner, like it has to have the tone of like the Eisner comics and maybe throw in some updates from the Darwin Cook, uh, series from, I don't know, 15 years ago. So back to sort of, there's problematic stuff in this period, sort of try to update that and sort of work it in. And, uh, it could be a very fun movie that, uh, the totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next, uh, a live action Marvels based on the Kripasaic and Alex Ross miniseries, but like just, just do it completely straight. Like it's not tied in with the MCU. It's literally a live action version showing this photographer going through the sixties in Marvel comics. And I mean, they can do it now and they could like the fact that they could do it now is kind of amazing. So that'd be a fun yeah. one to see uh, for DC. I would go, I would do Hitman would be kind of a fun one. Oh, interesting. Sort yeah. of, I would do Hitman, a live act, like a Hitman movie, and actually, like, you know, factor in, like, he can meet Superman, and, like, have that moment in, like, a movie where you have, like, this, you know, this assassin, this, like, crew, like, Garth Ennis thing, and sort of, like, have that collide in that kind of a fun way that that did. I mean, some things you'd probably have to tone down and change, but uh, I think the energy of it would be pretty fun. Uh, I think it'd be cool to see a, a, a Bat Family movie, because, like, how many times do we need to see a uh, Batman origin story? Like, Yeah, really. Put, yeah. like... Put four or five of them in there and, you know, there's room for more, but you don't have to, you don't have to put everybody in there, but, you know, put a couple Robins in there, put Batgirl in there and you might even leave Batman out or he might just, you know, maybe the thing is, oh, Batman's been captured. We need to save Batman or something. I I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the movie maker. But Forever Angry, they had like a 40 something Batman and like did the opposite of that. Like, what the hell? Yeah, uh, I also think it'd be really cool to see an Alpha Flight TV show uh, on, uh, on yeah. CTV. Uh, on and if CTV. it's a hit, <laughs> and there, there's two ways that could go: it could be either canceled after one season, like you know, many good things on CTV, or it could run far longer than it has any right to because it's a hit for <laughs> CTV. 
and it stars Eugene Levy. Ah, uh, sure. He could he could be Madison Jeffries and sure. Sasquatch. Yeah. Oh. Well, Dan Dan Levy is uh is Sasquatch. <laughs> yes, I, I feel like you'll have them for like one or two seasons, and then they'll just replace them with whatever much music host is floating around the hallway. Yeah, <laughs> Erica M. Yeah. Oh. Uh, here's my three really quick uh, for Marvel I want a Doctor Doom standalone there has been talk about it many years off and on mm-hmm. but I think it's time they've done enough stuff don't include him in a Fantastic Four thing have his own thing he has such a crazy arc it would be so interesting to see and especially since we've set up like Doctor Strange and magical stuff and we've already set up the technology we can we can intermingle the two and have a really interesting thing for DC, Dead Man, and have a have it like a full on horror movie, and just like Boston Brand doing his like the trapeze thing, and like just go full on, uh, embrace that. Uh, don't try to make it a superhero thing; make it a horror thing. To jump out of the superhero stuff, and this might be problematic because it's Brian Wood, um, DMZ. I think it could be. Yeah. A pretty powerful... Aren't they? I thought they were doing a show. Are they? Are they? they? Oh, I didn't even know that. With Rosario Dawson? My dreams have come true! Yeah, with um, Rosario Dawson. Oh, what? Yeah, we've talked about yeah. this. Yeah. I don't remember what happened yesterday. They're making a show. Congratulations. They made Marvel movies? What? Congratulations. Are they making an Avengers movie? Mm-hmm. What? Good lord. All right, next question. This is my final question. Dr. Druid... Quasar and Strong Guy are in a book together. Tell us about their first adventure. Strong Guy goes for one of his regular X-Factor psychiatry sessions with Doc Samson, but Samson's on vacation, so Dr. Druid has to fill in. But Dr. Druid's not very good at taking appointments, because he's double booked with Quasar. So instead of just making one, having one of them reschedule, he decides, no, 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 I can, uh, I can use hypnotherapy to put you both to sleep, so I can protect your confidentiality, yet... I'm so good, I can have a psychiatry session with both of you at the same time. So that's what he does. Uh, this, however, awakens Nightmare in the Dream Realm, who decides to get his vengeance on uh, Dr. Druid for, uh, you know, not putting it through his insurance properly and making him pay out of pocket. <laughs> and that's the story. I like it. Uh, I just I just have four words for mine. It's it's the quest for Rollades. <laughs> Because we don't need an origin story for for why these guys are together. We just need to we just know that they're together and they need roll aids. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I like I uh, I'm on board. Um, and I realized yeah, or Tom's. You know, whatever. I realized as Bry was explaining, like why the, they would all sync up together. I don't even explain it either for mine. I'm like they're just together. Yeah, they're just there. It's a road movie, and they're out to find Druid's long lost son. Uh, they're in the station wagon from vacation, and his son is a balding 16-year-old in a purple robe who uh, has advanced several grades, so he's like a weird outcast at MIT at age 16. Um, he's, his name is Tony Druid. Uh, he's totally unaware that Dr. Druid is his father, but strangely looks identical to him in a certain <laughs> way. He is living in an, with another super kid, quote-unquote, in the dorm. It's Baron Zemo's other kid, Remo Zemo. Um, and weirdly, Tony is becoming a villain and Remo is becoming a hero. So they're, they're battling their, 
Yeah. Whether knowing that they came from good or bad origins, they're kind of going the opposite way. Just as they find them, Baron Zemo sweeps in and kidnaps the kids. So Druid, Quasar, and Strong Guy pursue, and the the, the adventure begins. Now, yeah. before I get my roll aids, <laughs> then uh, all all three of these stories can happen in the same thing. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, and should. Yep. Let's combine them. Is it uh, uh, my turn to ask questions? It's all you. Yep. It's Bry's time, and Bry will ask the questions now. Uh, over the years we've recorded at all three of our homes, and we are currently kind of doing it remote, but uh, once this is all this is over, everything's like actually properly safe again, 100%, uh, whose house should we break into to record? You have to break into someone's house, and we have to record an entire podcast session there, and it can be anyone in the entire world. I would say whoever wins the send in your question contest. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so whoever prize. wins it, you're going to get free art plus us for a, yeah. a drunken evening. And I would say anyone who has a pool. So if any of our contest winners <laughs> have a pool, let us know before the, the time we're recording and you will automatically win. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm just going to say Grant Morrison's uh, Scottish Castle. Oh, oh yeah, he has a pool. He thinks that there's ghosts in his Scottish Castle, and he's trying to get rid of those ghosts, and we have to constantly like scramble and go to another room and keep away from uh, Cranky Grant. Grant, it's just drugs. You're just on a lot of drugs. <laughs> we're, we're drugs. We're drugs. I think we are. Yep. Okay, second question. What do you think would happen to your body if we drank as much as we did when recording the earliest episodes in uh, Merck's basement? <laughs> I, I think I think I would be a lot fatter, and I don't know if this affects my body. It certainly affects Merck's body. He would be much poorer, because <laughs> for the first little while, he was, he was basically supplying us with alcohol. That's true. <laughs> hey! That's, you were able to write. You were able yeah. to write that off, right? That was a write-off. I I did. I did write it off as a business expense. That's amazing. Wonderful. Oh, good. Thank God. Because yeah, we we would like cap at home, so it only. Hey, it was uh, mutually better beneficial, I guess. Yes. God knows, I enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. Yep. And tried so many new beers. I I would be decomposing or uh, swimming with the fishes. See. Yeah. Uh, as they would say. In your pool. I would be dead. Yeah, we drank a lot. It was a lot. We don't it was anymore. too much. It, it was, was a we problem. We drank much less now. Much yeah. less. Yeah, my answer is the same as uh, as Merck. Dead. Just dead. I'd be alive, so but you can't really call it living. Uh, so, my next question is, you get free reign to write one, say like a mini-series or like a, a closed-end, like say like 12 issues max for any existing character or property to do anything you want whatsoever. However, once that's done, that is the end of your comics career. You will never be published ever again, uh, at least on a, an existing property or character. That's the deal. So what do you do? Okay, you just added to the question. Yeah, you added a lot <laughs> of I? stuff. I didn't know I'd You added a lot of stuff. There was, like, this. nothing about you will never publish anything ever again. I'm like, okay, whoa, okay. wait that's, a minute. That's it. Also, that's it all your fingernails also. will fall out. I just, I just mean, like, that's, like, literally that's You'll be it. covered like, in you your own feces, and you'll be tarred and feathered and kicked out of town. <laughs> I wanted to make it more extreme, but yeah, we're like, that's it. Like you, you, you can only tell this one, do this one thing with this one character and that's it forever. However you want to look at it. I would, I would write Batman for a bit and Batman canonically would talk in a baby voice. So every, every instance of Batman after this, he always has to talk like this. 
I'm the knight. I'm Van Jones. Yeah. Harvey, you're the good one. Kevin Smith jumps in, and he peed himself. And then, yeah. uh... I don't like thing. him. I don't like his work <laughs> anymore. I'll, I'll be honest, I had a really hard time. This Out of all the questions that we got, this is the one that took me the longest. I filled it out just I'm before. No, it was just, I, I kept wrapping my head. But it was just me being a goofball of, like, how many times yeah. have we talked about, like, pitching comics and whatever. So I had a ton I could have that I was like, I don't want to do the ones I've already done. So I had the idea, and I don't have a specific character, but it's the idea of I want to take a villain... And it's, it's an existing and maybe even a classic story, but do it from their perspective. And, like, it won't be, like, a major villain. It's not going to be, like, Doctor Doom or Galactus or something. But somebody fairly small or mid-range, but then flip the story. And then you have it from their perspective. Like, say, I don't know, like Typhoid Mary fighting Daredevil. And instead, you actually feel more sympathy for the other character and you kind of see it from a different perspective like this guy just keeps showing up and beating me up and all i'm trying to do is murder all these people yeah or just like just some or maybe i have a lot of actual problems and here are the reasons i have those problems uh maybe maybe blunt force trauma to the skull is not what's good for me yeah like maybe (laughs) i'm just actually trying to get help but yeah yeah that's That's my bit yeah, and I, I literally I wrote the question. I was like Ninja Turtles, obviously, and I'm just like nah. And I, I chose something else that might be fairly obvious. And uh, I hadn't actually talked about this publicly at all, but a couple of months ago I got diagnosed with uh, ADHD, and I've been treating that, and it's been mm-hmm. helping, and it's been good. I mean, it's not like a bad thing or anything. I'm just like sort nope, of like you know went went through the whole thing with a psychiatrist, went through my whole life history, and just like. Oh, okay, yeah, right, all right, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's been actually kind of, it's been quite a good thing, actually. Um, So my mind went immediately to Impulse, um, who I was always felt a weird affinity to for some reason, and who knows why that could be. Hmm. I would say, I'm more, I'd say I'm more, especially more inattentive maybe than hyperactive, but I mean, like, it is just sort of a different, your brain sort of is works a little differently, and, uh, you know, it just has different kind of way of thinking a lot of the time and uh i would just tell a nice 12 issue kind of story of him just kind of going around the world and kind of trying to do his thing and sort of leaning into that sort of like in a more overt way and like kind of how uh you know what that sort of makes him as a character kind of different and what what his strengths and stuff are from that even i would just get kind of personal with the experience of sort of processing that thing with a character who actually means a lot to me in that exact specific way and then it'd be like Goodbye. I'm happy now. I can retire from this world forever. And then the next the next person who comes along gives him a gun. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the most valuable thing you think you've you've learned by doing uh, over the time making the show? And it could be literally anything, like production or anything at all. Like the thing that you've learned to do while making the show. For me, it, it's been getting stuff done and getting it done on a deadline. Uh you don't want to do it? Well, too, too bad, because it's your week to do it, and there's a deadline every week, and it's like, you just get it done. And and you can try to, you know, plan that forward, uh, but, you know, there have been many times where I'm I'm doing it till, you know, well, well past midnight on the day when it's supposed to go up, and it's just like, no, just get it over with, because otherwise, it's going to be late, and... It's not like the work is going to go away if you don't do it today. You'll have to do it tomorrow, plus it's late. So, like, just do it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, that was that was a big reason why 
it it became a, an even split i think because at first like when we started i was doing i was gonna editing. say do you remember when we used to make you edit all well, the time i mean, I mean we <laughs> volunteered. y'all y'all didn't make me edit i i i yeah i volunteered to edit and uh boy howdy <laughs> That was that was good for a while. The episodes were much longer, and I was a lot less choosy on what I cut out and what I left at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, now I'm I'm just like, cut it, cut it all down, burn it. That actually, that last part is very specifically mine as far as editing goes. As far as like that in general, there's so many times where like I, I have a hard time getting rid of anything uh, at all. Like if I have like a thought or idea, I'm like, oh, I should blah, blah, blah. like just I, I have a hard time cutting stuff. Um, but yeah, you have to just become very, like, I, there's total times where we go on this, like, tangent for minutes, and it's very funny, but we're already running long, and it doesn't go anywhere, and you just gotta lose it, and I think just being able to actually be decisive in that way, mm-hmm. uh, deadlines, deadline. It's hard, it's hard to do. It's, like, just trying to find where, like, where the good one is, and which one you keep, and which one you get rid of, and it's like you don't yeah. know until you go through the whole thing, and you're like, what am I going to go yeah. back through the whole thing again? And I, I leave a lot of markers throughout the episode to be like, here would be a good spot to cut, here would be a good spot to cut, here would be a good spot, and I just sort of, as I go, I'm like, okay, well, I could take these 20 seconds here, or I could take this whole four-minute chunk, and it's like, eh, well, I'll think about it. I learned that I know nothing about Dragon Ball, and I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to oh, do man. it. But Merc, no means Merc, no. The new movie no just got announced no. today. The new movie just got announced today. <laughs> oh well. And it's gonna be true. in oh, theaters, well. and we're all gonna go. <laughs> yeah. No, you're coming too. We'll get, we'll get you a popcorn. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I insist that I insist he cosplays as Nappa. That's what I decided has mm. to happen. <laughs> uh, for an actual answer, uh, just the audio editing, learning how to audio edit things, has become. I have used it in so many other places that I yeah. never thought I'd be using it because, like, doing KHAP stuff, like doing with some of the the teaching stuff that I do. I do a lot of video work, um, and then bringing in the editing like it just takes it to another level where i can do like audio proper audio narration over top of videos and photos and stuff and you're like wow this is like i'm a professional in shit yeah, you yeah. are a professional yeah. in shit self-taught I, baby yeah. i've yeah. done like voiceovers at work actually for videos and stuff and everybody like goes to me right away i'm like oh wow just from talking on a microphone for seven mm-hmm. years huh yeah yep yeah, yep yeah. You learn a thing or two. I mean, you've got a pretty commanding voice, Bry. You do. You I am do. very loud. Yes, I'm a loud, loud boy. <laughs> not what I meant. It's but not okay. just loud. It's very. St- it's strong. Thank decisive. you. Decisive. Thank commanding. you. Commanding. Thank you. Just say thank you, Bry. Um, don't make a stupid joke. All right, and last last question. You are stranded on a deserted island with one of the Reign of the Superman Superman replacements. Uh, the twist is the powers, their powers, any, like, superhuman powers that are, like, Superman powers, do not work on this mysterious island. You have to choose one of them to be trapped with on a deserted island. Which one do you choose? I mean, the answer is is clearly John Henry Irons, because he has no superpowers. He just made yes. a suit. So, I'm, you know, he's, he's the best of them for that, for that particular reason. Uh, yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll build you a coconut radio. Might get you a, might build you a boat off of there that, uh, through some hilarious mishap, is broken. Uh, and yeah, but then I get to meet more. the Harlem Globetrotters. Ah, that's true. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I I picked the cyborg uh, robot soups. He may not work particularly the way he's supposed to, but maybe if I can still get an FM radio station, like if yeah. I place him a certain way and start moving his arms, maybe like, oh, if I just do this, I push him that way and put his left arm up, and oh, yeah, I get CILU. But the, ol- yeah, the only station it picks up is coconuts. Oh! <laughs> like, is, is his uh, cyborg parts count as powers because that's technology but then again he would probably run out of energy very quickly so you better move fast better convert him to solar can't plug himself in uh mine also is is, is steel john henry irons because i mean he'll he could he could get you off that island none of the other ones i don't think the other ones can Superboy sure as hell count he's just a shitty teenager i love him but he's a shitty teenager and uh, eradicator teenager i love him eradicator i assume just wants to play squash all the time i i i, I that's the eradicator right no, you. I couldn't. Could, could anyone spend a minute with that guy? Forget it. Uh, yeah, definitely steal. All right. Uh, so I guess it's time for my questions. Woo! Yay! Uh, question the first. What is your guys is your guys is? Uh, what's your favorite recurring segment on the show? I'm gonna. I dramatic reading. I think is. I I love doing those. Those are fun. Those are always fun time. Um, doing voices. And you know what? Maybe it's time for me to get a little more creative with my voices. I want to, next time we do it, I might really go for it. Um, but also, I there's a tie. Also, Character Storm, because that's always a super fun challenge to make up a character with just a name. And I'm sorry if I stepped in anyone's toes on that. Moving on. I, I have to agree. Yeah, absolutely. Dramatic read, do, especially doing Fletcher Hanks stuff yeah. is just super fun. His batshit crazy stories and drawings are just super fun and just completely lend themselves toward doing that. Uh, day, but as a second one, we run out, and that's it will be. Oh a yeah, sad day. yeah. Uh, my other one would be the fix this character, the mm-hmm. idea of like here's a character that like is a eh, whatever, and then each of us comes up with a pitch that yeah. uh, takes it in a different direction. It might be a completely different direction. I gotta say, we've made some pretty amazing pitches, like things that. Oh, I, yeah. The stuff that we've come up with, I'm like, I would buy that comic. That would Absolutely. be a great. I would I would read a Gambit comic with any of our pitches. <laughs> like, just yeah. stuff like that. Like, <laughs> They've been trying to sell that for decades, and it hasn't worked. So, uh, exactly. give it a shot. Hey, bet on us. I like all of those, but I think even more, I like the ones where we do, like, the Power Records recordings, Ooh, and yeah. we basically yeah. mystery science theater them. Uh, yep. Those are just that was my third. That was my third choice. They're they're fun to and they're they're fun to edit. I'll say it. I'll say that for those ones. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Uh, Next question: Uh, When did you decide? Hey, I can make a comic. Kind of two different stages. First was I was like eight years old, and I I actually recently came across parts of it uh, of the drawings. I made a comic, uh, the superhero Olympics. And I don't, uh-huh. like, whatever year the Olympics were, I, I'm just picking the the age yeah. eight out of a hat. I don't know. It was this somewhere, was you, age Somewhere 30. around there. Yeah, age 32. <laughs> um, but they're like, they were, like, really poorly drawn. Well, not even poorly drawn. They were bad, but I had a very certain way of drawing at that age. Like, everybody oh, yeah. was super thick, and their wrists were the size of their biceps. And, <laughs> you know, like, and the, everybody looked dance. identical. But everybody, like, they, they did Olympic sports and, like, Iron Man and, and Wolverine and Captain America. Everybody was doing sports. And, yeah, I was like, I could do this. And, like, in your eight, 
year old mind, you're like, I can work for Marvel now. Look what I did. So it was like that nugget that was placed in. But then it was like years later that it kind yeah. of developed, obviously. More. Uh, wor- worked for Shooter, frankly, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I always dreamed as a kid, like, of writing comics. I like drawing, too. I was like a doodler, but I just didn't really think I was ever really good enough. I always compared myself with breakout talents, artist-wise, and, you know, it was just like, oh, I can't touch that, so I'm not even... So it was literally just, I kept, like, coming up with these ideas that I wanted to see drawn somehow or another, and I would just drew my little doodles, and that's kind of what I thought of myself. So, yeah, like... So when I did one, basically, like, 2009, like, it was just like, you know what, like, I'm not the best at drawing, I'm not trained at all, but I can hopefully learn by doing, I'm all about learning by doing, so literally just, you know, eventually you get tired of, like, having a bunch of thoughts and not expressing them, uh, fully, uh, to the, to the degree that you want to, and, uh, that moment I'm like, well, you know what, I'm just gonna give it a shot. Cool. Uh, and, and for me, it was what, like a month into university in 2005 where I was like, oh, the newspaper wants comics. I could probably do that. I like, I read a lot of web comics and stuff. I could do that. And I was like, oh, I I could do this every week. I could do this five days a week. And yeah, I I think web comics was a, was a good motivator there because like, we've all read some web comics who'd like, nothing I can do is as bad as this. So why not? I mean, I, I couldn't possibly make all of the sprites from a Mega Man game, but I can, <laughs> I can just draw something instead. Ooh, how novel! Mm. Where would you put a secret base, and what would be the must-haves of it? Uh, I would put it underneath every town's. This doesn't actually exist, but uh, the local haunted arcade. Mm. And. Uh, <laughs> The must have every, every where, town. You in every yeah, town where there's a haunted, haunted arcade. arcade. I want. I want there to just be like an abandoned haunted arcade, and it's like underneath. Like you go into like you know your. Wait, is it abandoned like the, because uh, it's haunted, or is it haunted because it's abandoned? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you go to the old like Donkey Kong machine, and you pull like the right one, and then it opens a chamber, and you go down a thing into mm-hmm. your place. But the must have is. Obviously, the haunted arcade. <laughs> the place it's underneath is is really the must have. Right. You must have a yeah. haunted arcade. You must. It's really you sleep downstairs, but everything else yeah. is in the arcade. Yeah, that's just the bedroom. It's just cooler yeah. downstairs. Yeah, it's true. Less ghosts. Um, I I have a hundred acres uh, where I live, so I would string tunnel. Robin. I would string a bunch of tunnels and tree forts and underground lairs. Uh, I would stock it with like movies and comics, a lot of gin and vodka and a lot of mix, uh, just to get me through. Um, <laughs> I'd have some sort of natural defense mechanism. I don't know what, like, a, like a wall of mother-in-laws. I don't know. Okay. Uh, or <laughs> it feels a, like you do oh, a sign. That's a, that's yeah. A, a, uh, a sign that says roundabout ahead. So anybody mm. in Thunder Bay would just go, Oh, I can't. And they would just turn oh, around yeah. and go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. True. Nice. Uh, and I would just uh, buy Merck's old house and, and put it there. It's got the, it's got the <laughs> tall, sort of spooky architecture that I want out of a base. Uh, it, it's, yeah. got a, it's got a dank basement that could be a dungeon. Uh, that, that one <laughs> mysterious bar of soap's probably there, so that could be some sort of hench person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's close to a coffee shop. Like That's everything I need. Yeah. Well, that's true. Good point. 
who do you think should get a Wolverine haircut? Wolverine haircuts were really big in the 90s and they've sort of petered off. Like a lot of people have had Wolverine haircuts. Who needs one? <laughs> uh, Mitch McConnell. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Do, do you have, do, do you want to elaborate? You want to elaborate or that's it? No, that's it. Mine's on the opposite side of that spectrum, actually. And one could argue he almost borderline does with the messy hair. But uh, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. But it has to be the full black mane of, like, big, gigantic hair. It has to have, like, the big mutton chops. Also, like, a stogie and his claws out at all times. Basically, I just want to put a Wolverine filter on Bernie Sanders. <laughs> he can't put the, the claws away and he keeps whacking yeah. them on things. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, he can't, he can't t- turn it off. It's, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, These are how my claws are, and this is yeah. how it's going to be. And then you got to get Larry David to, to wear that whole thing yeah. while he's yeah. doing his... Yeah. I'm struggling yeah. like so many working Americans are struggling. With their claws out, yeah. digging into the dirt. So many people yeah, unjustly man. put into prison, a prison that looks something like this. I hold my claws up. It looks like <laughs> I'm in jail bars. Yeah, uh, oh. I also uh, I also had Kelsey Grammer or Paul Rudd. Oh, I think oh, Paul okay. Rudd. Could, Paul Rudd, it would just look good on him. So that's not. Yeah, dude, yeah. he can pull it all off. He yeah, he, all off. he can pull it. Yeah, yeah. He should play Wolverine. He doesn't age. Yeah, just true. Yeah. <laughs> I want yeah. I want like them to do X Men movies. Wolverine is there, and then like Scott Lang just walks in with the same haircut. Like, oh hey, good luck. Oh hey, that's cool. <laughs> You're copying me. You're copying me, eh, Logan? <laughs> Oh, you stabbed me! <laughs> How do you feel about ants? <laughs> uh, and now, finally, for real, finally, uh, who is the funniest X Men? Like, like who's su- surprisingly funny? Like, secretly, not like, you know, not showy. They're not Deadpool about it. But who's like, oh, this guy's actually yeah. he's a pretty funny guy, or girl, whatever. Uh, none of them, if it's written by Hickman. Oh no! Is, is that your final answer? I mean, like, that is, that is, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, he's not known um, for his comedy, is he? No, no, he's not. And you know, surprisingly, I thought, like, sort of secretly or whatever, I'm gonna go with Jean Grey. I feel like she has been through literally everything a person can be through, literally every hot possible high and low, every state of being from like up and down, and uh, and she's had got things pretty together actually. So I feel like she's got probably a really amazing kind of dry sense of humor. You can kind of find the kind of funny humor in anything, and you know what? If somebody doesn't think she's funny, she can kind of read their mind and think and find out what that person thinks is funny and adapt accordingly. And also, just steal jokes out of people's minds. Yeah, that's true. She's just she just takes Burnham, Dan Sto- Stan Hope's entire act, <laughs> <laughs> and then blood Take blood it. starts draining from her eyes. She's the Messina. <laughs> she's the Messina of the mutant verse. Yeah. Oh, oh no. It's Mencia, you silly, silly fool. And I didn't have an answer. I didn't answer my own questions. I was like, yeah, you haven't answered your anything, yeah. Yeah, because I didn't think I had to. <laughs> Look, I'm always trying to find the, like the quickest, talk. easiest way to do these things, and the quickest, easiest way sometimes is to just not do it. Yeah. True. Spartans! Ready your breakfast and eat hearty. But tonight, we die in... A broken and racist criminal justice system, as well as a cruel immigration system that keeps millions of people living in fear. 
All right. Uh, so from there, we've we've answered all of our own questions, and now it's time to turn on to our lovely listeners and question providers. We've got a lot of questions, so we're gonna try to blast through these quickly and uh, yeah. one rapid fire. Uh, let me start. I'll start. Uh, Mandy Osipanko put uh, sent this. Uh, which Batman storyline is the best in your all of you guys' opinion? Now, I wasn't sure if she was asking. We'd all have to agree, but I'm assuming individual. Yeah. Yes. We, we find a consensus, but that would, like, require us to lock ourselves into, like, a cabin for a week, and only one of us might live. Yeah. Uh, so I think whoever asks the question should answer it first. Yeah. Okay. Just so we have, like, a, a, uh, a way yeah, to Mandy. format. Yeah, <laughs> Mandy. <laughs> you suck Just kidding. Um... <laughs> Okay, uh, I, I find this one actually difficult because it was, I read early Batman stuff, which they weren't huge story arcs. They were just like one-offs, maybe two issues. So that's what I kind of enjoyed a lot, and I didn't read a lot of the later stuff. Uh, but of the arcs or collections or whatever, um, I would have to go with, and very different ones. Uh, Arkham Asylum is, a, is an, always a favorite just because it's so oh, yeah. weird. Uh, year One... Or death in the family. It's it's going to be one of those. Fair. Uh, so surprise! I picked Grant Morrison, and I it may be a bit of a cheat because it's a very long storyline. But uh, literally the Grant Morrison run on Batman, starting with the introduction of Damian Wayne and continuing out through like Batman Incorporated. That whole thing is, is I adore it so much. Like he always wants to make like a like a thesis kind of a statement on the character. He wants to really like kind of say something about the character in the whole and sort of take them to another level. And uh, do the motion that, that Merck just made. But in this case, it really... For, for Batman in here, it was very... Even, it all comes down to, like, my favorite Batman moment literally might be, like, this whole speech he has when he's, like, coming back from being lost in time where he ends it off with basically being like, I was never alone, I had help. And, you know, and, if, and then literally trying to build, like, an international Batman community... And I mean, I, I, I don't really like the grimdark loner take. I mean, it has its uses for sure, but it feels very like that's very much built on kind of the, uh, you know, the Frank Millery kind of year one end or Dark Knight, like the beginning and end of his career, basically, when he's like starts with nothing and ends kind of the same way is kind of how that feels. And that's not Batman to me. It's like a, it was a wonderful love letter to the character. Um, I think it, Bruce felt like a deeper, more layered character after it. He felt like he really grew over the run. I feel like it was a great uh, statement on Batman, and uh, yeah. Uh, and my answer is basically the same, but it's it's just the Batman and Robin run from like right in the middle of that. So it's yeah, you know cheated, Mor Morrison's right. Morrison's <laughs> run started with uh, you know like the Batman R.I.P. stuff or slightly before that, but you know it it went Batman for it went for years. Yes, thank you, Batman and Son. Um, but the the Batman and Robin book, which is just when Bruce was shot by Darkseid and uh, sent back in time and not died, but everyone sort of assumed he died, and Dick Grayson yeah. became Batman, and Damien was Robin, and uh, it's just, it's a really weird book, because they decided like, well, we're gonna go, you know, it's Morrison, I'm gonna make a bunch of new characters, uh, it, I'm just gonna make it really weird, and there's there's nothing really linking it to the rest of the stuff. You could just read it by itself and just, you know, sort of understand, okay, Batman's dead. Oh, now Batman's back at the end of the book. And that's all you really need to know. Uh, it's just weird. And it, w it was never going to be an always thing. And of course it wasn't. So you just, you enjoy it while it's there. 
we have a series of questions coming from uh, another uh, Thunder Bay based uh, show, pod, well, podcast and kind of radio show on, on CILU, uh, Thunder Geeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have provided us several questions. Thank you very much. Check out Thunder Geeks on uh, online. You can listen to their show and follow them on uh, social media and stuff. Um, so the first question provided What male character has the best butt in all of comics? It's Nightwing. We all know this. Yeah, Nightwing. It's Nightwing. Yeah. Yeah, it's next. Nightwing. Sweet Dick Grayson. Yeah. yeah, next. I want to say Peter Parker. Peter Parker might give him a run for his money, though. No, nope, you're like wrong. Next. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, who from comics would you want, would like to have a beer with? Sweet Dick Grayson. Same. I was so close to saying that. Oh, my God. We're all on the same page? <laughs> we love... We all love Nightwing. Yeah. I love Richard. <laughs> That yes. or I, I did put uh, I did put Corsair on there because I was like, oh, you yeah. know what, a space fun. pirate, that'd be fun. No. Nightwing, Night, Dick is good because like everybody is Dick's friend, you know, everybody is Nightwing's friend, and uh, so so am I, obviously. So mm-hmm. I feel like you could be his friend by having a beer with him. I actually mm-hmm. think I'd, I'd I'd like to have a beer with Nightcrawler because he is a drinker, uh, and yeah. he's like he's a happy drunk, and that's my kind of drunk. That's true. Yeah. But is he space pirate drunk? Well, he's not space pirate drunk, but he is oh, son man. of the devil drunk. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, there's a super-powered emu with laser eyes attacking the city. What D-list hero do you call to save the day? Corsair. Ah! <laughs> I was going to say Speedball, because hopefully if, if you know, even if, if the emu wins, then he kills Speedball. True. That's yeah. that's true. Yeah, you can only hope. I'm, uh, I'm picking. Then he a becomes penance. Oh no! Because he yep. lost to an emo. Yeah. Well, yep. whatever it is, this now 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 an emo, emo emo emo. Ooh yes, emu. Um, I'm gonna pick the obvious choice, Animal Man, because I think you have to fight fire with fire. You have an emu with laser eyes. You get send in a man with the power of an emu with laser eyes. <laughs> oh, get uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the DC bite bite not by beast whatever. Wanna beast? His name? Oh, wanna beast? Oh, wanna beast? Bill. Yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah, wanna <laughs> Bill. <laughs> See episode one fifty two. I don't mm. know something like that. Sure, that's the one. Listen, whatever. you got you guys. If you make Amalgam Comics happen again, Marvel and DC, you could have this, <laughs> or yep. we can make Amalgam Comics happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, next question. Who has the dumbest costume in comics? The answer is Punisher 2099. Because oh, yeah. his his costume is like, oh, you know, like the Punisher costume where it's like, it's just this like really stripped down, like black thing. And sometimes he's got like white gloves and boots, but sometimes it's just like, you know, just like military fatigue sort of thing. What if he had a bunch of red and blue accents that were nothing and the gun belt was twice as long and he had a really <laughs> bitchin' high collar, and that's it. It's just, it, it's, it's so, it's so busy. It's hideous, yes. <laughs> it's gross. How does he move um, in that thing? Looks like it's made of hard plastic. I wrote down, I was like ignoring the 90s revamps and the temporary oh, yeah. stuff. Like, you know, like Sue Storm and the weird costume see-through mm, stuff. Give me that cutout where she armor. has a tan that looks like a forerunner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Although all the weird versions of Thor's uh, Thor in the nineties, um, and now, or or even like the early Hawkeye, the headband edition, 
That was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, like the toga look? That was on my list. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Like, what, uh, what? Okay. Yeah. Uh, triathlon I, I put on there. Yeah, yeah uh, that's fair. 3D, 3D Man Triathlon, whatever he's called. Or I put, I also put Kitty or Wasp, really, at any point. Or the, <laughs> bi- or the Big M Magneto. Yeah. But how does he know what his name starts with? How do you know it's me flying towards you? Yeah. It's me. It's like Leonardo Leonardo with his big building shaped like an owl. <laughs> big stupid building shape. Anyway, um... Yeah, the Hawkeye with the, it's not like a toga, but it's, he's like, it's like, he got a little, like, he's like, got a, it's a weird Greek look or something. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the Hercules why? kind of thing. Yeah, like, what? You know, like, yeah. He's got, I don't know. The, hope he, one, I hope he wears underpants, uh, and secondly, he does not, I promise you he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I'll, like, why would he have so much skin exposed when he has no powers and shoots arrows? Like, it just yep. seems like a really stupid idea. Because he's a hot guy. Um, he's a, oh, he was once the hot guy, now he's the hawk guy. Um, and just a personal gripe as far as dumb, not as in looks dumb, but, like, anytime you have, like, a militaristic or, like, super armory Superman costume, because he does why would he need that? Why would he need that? Stupid. Moving on. What is the weirdest crossover you've ever read? Weapon Brown? Does that count? It's not we- uh, really a crossover. I mean... But it... He fought It's Calvin. not official. Yeah. It crosses over everything. Yeah. So. Uh, so so for the that those that don't know, Weapon Brown is like a a post apocalyptic Charlie Brown where you know it's it's Charlie Brown meets Judge Dredd or twenty ninety nine in general or not twenty ninety nine uh two thousand AD. He's he's a Wolverine esque sort of yeah. thing, and then literally like every strip like comic strip like Family Circus Garfield, Garfield becomes this giant. Like sarlacc pit kind of creature <laughs> that's in the which ground. is what he's destined <laughs> to become anyway. Yeah, yeah, because uh, he hates Mondays. Mm-hmm. Um, Just hates. Him. Yeah, you're like, is this actually that character? Oh my god. Okay. Uh, I think I think uh, I I haven't read Archie meets the Predator, unfortunately. Um, oh. but so I'm not going to say that. What I am going to say is Archie meets the Ramones. <laughs> Which I think, yeah. I think Merck, you got me that for like my birthday or Christmas or something, and it's just the weirdest. Yeah, it's just, and it's like it's a one issue thing. It's yeah, it makes no sense. It's like the Archies are <laughs> are practicing and they're not, they're just not feeling it. And then they get transported back in time and they go to CBGBs and they meet <laughs> the Ramones and that's the book. And like, there's nothing else to it. It's like, what the hell is going on? Who decided to make this? Why? But it's fine because a couple of years later they met the B fifty twos. I haven't read that one yet. Yeah, I'm waiting for them to I, put I all I the Archie been... meets band like niche bands together. Hopefully yeah. they're gonna meet like they might be giant soon. I would read that. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Reggie is Triangle Man. Archie meets Guar. Mm. Archie has uh, had so many good crossovers. Those are great. I think I had like the monkeys one because uh, Sherry loves the monkeys, like a big fan, and uh, the Batman sixty six one, pretty good time. Um, but I, I got to go with again, also Archie, but our classic Archie meets the Punisher. Yes, because what? Yeah, so good. Oh my god, it's actually a really fun comic, and that c- cover, like the Marvel version of the cover with like the. Sh- 
you know, it's like a, like a cover, cutout cover with, like, Archie underneath. Oh, good yeah. lord. It's, uh, it's a fun time. Anyone who hasn't read it should definitely check that out. So our next question comes from Chris Surveys. So he says, a, a new Venom run is set to start later this year with a much lauded creative team. It's the creative team from Immortal Hulk. The first True. and most prominent promo image is of Venom in space. My question, he's got three, question the first, why is Venom in space? Because uh, he's an alien, and that's where he's from. Yeah, I, I yeah, uh, yeah. I just think space stuff. Yeah, he's uh he's trying to find his keys because he left his keys out in space last time he was in space. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how is sorry? How is this different from the other times Venom has been to space? Really, uh, I think we're all really in space, Chris. Uh, we're Whoa! all just drifting on. We're drifting on this rock. Uh, this big, this beautiful planet. marble. <laughs> yeah. And third question, speaking oh, of I got, space... I, I have another oh, answer. Yeah. Sorry, uh, la- the last times he had his keys. This time he doesn't have his keys. Sorry, <laughs> uh, <laughs> This is third it. question. And, and speaking of space, will this new Venom run be more or less important to humankind than the moon landing? Is this new comic just one small step for Venom or one Ooh. giant leap for mankind? My answer to that is I didn't really read any of King in Black. I still sort of feel yeah. bad for, for Flash Thompson. I think he's back who, now. Who's got a name? Oh, he's back now. But, I mean, he's got a name like Buzz Aldrin. That's true. Yeah, he gets overshadowed all the time. That's unfortunate. Um, I think this comic is probably going to reveal that all of the astronauts in that like Apollo mission had symbiotes the whole time. So, if, if anything, it's just going to just elevate that moment even more. I really, I just hope that he's in space for non-symbiote related reasons. Like, give him something else to do. It's been, it's been nothing but goo. Nothing but goo. You know what? Maybe he's uh, hooked up with Space Cabbie and uh, different, different company. But okay, it's, it's the crossover we've all been. It's waiting amalgam. For. He's he's found that he can't duck child support payments uh, anywhere on Earth, so he's left the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a uh, venom, venom Cabbie. Yeah, it's yeah. the amalgam. Thank you for your questions, Chris. Uh, friend of the show. I'm going to say friend of the show, because it's nice to say friend of the show. Friend of the show, Mike Kearney, yep. asks us, he asked us two questions technically. The first one was a bit of an inside joke-ish kind of a thing based on our advertising. But here's the good one. Who would win in a diaper catwalk sass-off, which I, I'm i sure is a thing, uh, Bruce I'm, Wayne. I feel like I've, I've got to join his, uh, his Jackbox game that he's doing tonight. Yeah, really. I've uh, I've been meaning to. I'm always like too busy, and I'm just like feel like a jerk. So I should. Get this is the week. Some... Yeah. Di- well, we'll see tonight. Probably not actually. Uh, diaper catwalk sass off. Diaper catwalk sass off. So I guess they're do- on a catwalk wearing diapers and being sassy. Uh, and it's Bruce Wayne or Batman. Yes. Who's being Kyle's cat? Who Who would win, Bruce Wayne or Batman, in a diaper catwalk sass off? The answer is no one. No one would win. We all lose. <laughs> uh, I actually wrote down, we all win. Mm, interesting. So, Bri, do you uh, think yeah, we all tie? Yeah. No, I'm going to actually pick one between the two. Uh, I feel like Bruce Wayne would really just go for it, uh, while Batman would just be too stiff in order to really accurately do a diaper catwalk sass off. But Bruce Wayne, is uh, he's pretty out there, that billionaire, that weird billionaire but in a very different way than Batman. So he's really trying to really prove that he's very different than Batman, so no one catches on. There's two ways I'm, th- I'm picturing this, and Bruce Wayne is either uh, animated uh, Batman the Animated Series Batman, 
or it's just Michael Keaton, like young <laughs> Michael Keaton with the the high perm sort of hair. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you're it's right. Like dr- you're dream right. team sort of Michael Keaton that time mm-hmm. that era. Yeah, making yeah. making some like cutting yeah. cutting sassy one might say Michael Keaton remarks, doing little kissy faces, only wearing a diaper. Yes, yes, and and, and I would believe that would be part of the Keaton primer. Yes, yes, uh, it's part of the Keaton uh, primer. All right, so uh, next question, next couple of questions come from uh, AJ, or Adam Riley, as we know him. Mm-hmm. So Adam asks, question number one, are there any comic arcs that turned you completely off from a character forever for an extended period of time? Yeah, so forever or for an extended period of time, yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like comics, yeah. forever is like a big thing for comics, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think an ex- but, or an extended period. Extended period, yeah. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll, I'll take this first. Uh, the Draco, which was, uh, an X-Men storyline. It was the one, Bryce rolling his eyes, he knows. It was, it was near the end of, uh, Chuck Austin's run on, on X-Men stuff before he disappeared forever. Uh, <laughs> and, and it was really, it, it was the storyline where it was revealed that Nightcrawler's real father was the devil, but it was actually just like a, this ancient mutant named Azazel, uh, who was like, you know, what demons were based off of because, a, a big recurring theme in Chuck Austin stuff is like, there, there's no such thing as, you know, Chuck Austin is very like, Christianity's dumb and I'm going to just make it so it's dumb because it's dumb. And it's like, Chuck, Chuck, Charles, Ch- Chester, Chester, we know, <laughs> we know, but like the writing is really bad and it, it doesn't play to the character's strengths and like none of it is Nightcrawler's fault. But between that specific storyline and everything that Chuck Austin had done with the character previously, I needed like Nightcrawler is is one of my favorite characters. I'll I'll read whatever crappy book he's in, and Lord knows a lot of them are crappy. But this one, it, after that, I was like, I think I'm done with this for a bit because if they keep yeah. doing this, I don't want to read it. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> I would definitely agree. I, I actually originally wrote down no because I could not think of anything that was like specifically would turn me off of a character. But then as you were saying that, I was like, you know what? It's not a specific character, but it's like all of the characters from a storyline. They just turn me off. Like we were talking about X-Men stuff. You were talking about how like it's good and then it's bad. The bad stuff has completely turned me off of it for huge swaths of time. And I just, I can't get back into it. And it's partially the storylines and what they do with characters. And I'm like, I don't even understand this anymore. And then part of it is just, and we've talked endlessly about this, of just like events and crossovers and things. And I got to read 15 books in order to understand. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, Which is probably more the case than the actual story arc. But when the story arc, you're only getting segments it ruins the characters because I'm like, I, they just did stuff in other books and I don't know what it is and it doesn't make sense now. Hmm, so right. in that way, I guess it kind of did. Mine, I have like, I had two come to mind uh, and they're both a character that it's very hard to turn me off of, which is Spider-Man, who is just my favorite forever. Like if I'm honest with myself. Um, and there was a one, they sort of rebooted all of them to issue number one. And like John Byrne was involved and like Howard Mackey. 
sort of an, in the 1999 kind of an area or 1998 or something like that. And they, they sort of brought everything. They had him like working for a fancy tech thing and they tried to like bring things back to basics in, in a way and sort of like they killed Mary Jane or like killed Mary Jane in a plane explosion and then tried to like to like make him have to be like, oh, like that was their first attempt to do away with the marriage, I think. Like they kill her off and then he's like, well, that sucks. I have to grieve and then move on with my life and date again. The worst thing was, like, John Byrne had a series, I forget what it's called, but it was, like, the early years of Spider-Man trying to, like, reboot, like, Man of Steel, retelling the original Lee Ditko Spider-Man uh, stories in, like, a new miniseries, and this was, like, the new canonical, like, updated version, and mm-hmm. to hell with you, sir, I I refused, <laughs> and everyone refused, and then it was like, no, sir, I will not! So I, I read Spider-Man comics through the entire 90s. Uh, and this is what it took to make me stop. And that's saying something, because it was really not good. Yeah. Um, but even worse might actually be, because I did come back after he, after they were gone and they were sort of repairing things. But, like, sin, the combination of Sin's Past and One More Day and in Amazing Spider-Man uh, many years later, where they had the backstory where um, Gwen Stacy had Norman Osborn's babies... Uh, right. Who we talked about this into... what last episode, couple of oh, episodes. Ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, so like, I'm not, not going to belabor the point. Yeah, and yeah. one more day, where like they literally Peter and Mary Jane sell their marriage to the devil. Um, I have not consistently. Oh, is Spider-Man. Oh, is Azel? Yeah, of course. <sighs> so I, I check in on Spider-Man every now and then since, but honestly, it, that the taint of those two stories combined, uh, I just. I'm having a hard. Yeah, I, I can't commit. Tint. I can't commit because I know, like, are you just gonna pull like the worst possible move you can? It's really threw me off of Spider-Man in a big way for a long period, which is very hard to do. Okay, next question. When do you think it might be safe for comics to address the pandemic in the world uh, if they haven't, if they already haven't, uh, or should they avoid the topic altogether? Uh, I think they should talk about it absolutely right now. That's what comics are good for. They address. Not every comic, not all comics do this, but um, a lot of comics are very, like like all literature, are good for addressing and reflecting the situations uh, of what are going on right now. And they're so, they're monthly, so you can just jump right into it and actually reflect, yeah. like they've done the politics and social uh, things going on. And I, I think that that's, I think it's a better idea maybe to do like kind of a fictionalized metaphorical version of it, much like, oh, say, like, ma- yeah, not- for sure. Yeah, like, no. that's just my thing is like, absolutely do it for sure. But like, yeah, like if you're trying to do like literally superheroes with COVID, I mean, like, just how would you? Because everything keeps changing so Hey, rapidly, Superman, so yeah. stop flying everywhere. You're giving everyone COVID. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> just aggressively coughing with super coughing over a town. It's yeah. like, you know what? You know what? I don't really like Boston. <sighs> well, it's weird because, like, Superman got his, his second shot, but Clark hasn't gotten anything. <laughs> I know that's not how it works. Anyway... Uh, yeah. I, I think if if they haven't yet, it's already kind of too late. Like you can do you can do stuff that yeah. you know might address the the social isolation. Like you look at that uh, that Bo Burnham special that came out. I haven't seen mm-hmm. it, yeah. but it doesn't uh, directly really reference the pandemic. It just shows like, hey, I'm tr- you know I'm trapped inside this small room, and here are the things that are sort of happening as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think you can write that and not necessarily have to write about yeah. the pandemic because the moment, hopefully, it might just be wishful thinking on my part, but I think that moment has has started to pass in a lot of at least Western cultures. For now. 
For now. Uh, for now. Well, and let me let me just clarify that, like, yes, you have to write it yeah. smartly. Oh, <laughs> like, it's sure. not like, I'm just going to write the pandemic. Here yeah. we go. But, like, yeah. It's a it's a new legacy virus. Some writers would, though. Ad, ad, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. But, like, ad, address it in a way that is intelligent and thoughtful yeah. and cohesive enough to do that. Somebody somebody wrote yeah. online, I don't know where, I wish I could say who, who had this thought, but a lot of people are sort of looking at, say, Convergence in DC Comics from several years ago. And as far as, like, literally, like, cities and, like, specific people being sort of, like, trapped in a bubble and, like, forced to quarantine and being in that situation mm-hmm. where they're, like, trapped... Uh, maybe might read a little differently now. Yep. Well, there's that that episode of Red Dwarf where they all have to quarantine and Rimmer goes slowly insane. That's a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Watch Red Dwarf. So these next questions are from a friend of the show. Hey, we're all friends here. A friend Uh, at the market, too. That's right. These these questions are from Justin Randall, uh, and they're a little different. So question number one, uh, at what point does copyright infringement come into play when an artist draws stuff and sells fan art of trademarked superheroes? Merc? You look like you've got something to say. Do you? Yes, I certainly do. Uh, really, like, anything you draw, <laughs> if you're drawing other characters, it, it technically jumps right into copyright infringement, technically, legally. Um, you do cross over into gray areas when you're doing your own take and you're doing satirical or a very distinctly your own style kind of thing. It, it falls under the fair use clause mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that comes into play. You make you make it uh, you make it transformative. Yeah, you make it transformative. You've taken it to another thing to another level, and it's that only you could do in that specific way. But then, it, like it also, like you could ask, does it benefit? Disney to litigate and like push that sort of thing and like go to artist alleys and actually take people to court. They could if they wanted no, to, but no. no. They could if they wanted to. And not that they haven't in certain circumstances and yeah. it sometimes is like ex Marvel um artists and things like that. Yeah, I remember that um, situation. But, but um uh, at the same time it actually uh I think it's beneficial. Like not that you're, you're doing huge runs of prints and you're making tons of merchandise and gear and stuff. But it's really, it generally is pretty a low-key affair. Nobody is making tons of money. No. Um, and it just, it, it creates the atmosphere. It's it's part of, like, the fervor of the fandom. Like, you're you're just, if, if Disney jumps in and actually cuts that, you're like, you're cutting the fandom off at its knees. Yeah. Like, why would totally. you do that? It's the same idea as cosplayers making money. Like... Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, the, oh, this this cosplayer is dressed as Jean Grey, and I'm going to sue them. Well, who does that benefit? No, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. But if it's I'm not going to sue them, who does it benefit? It benefits more people. Yeah, it's free everybody enjoys that. They make money. It's great. They enjoy your character that exists being portrayed by this thing. It yeah. fosters a passionate yeah. fan base, and there's. Everybody wins from that. I mean, like the like the money that like these corporations are looking at is like like that's a, that's nothing to them. Why would they care at all? Why yeah. care? Yeah. Just let people mm-hmm. have fun. And the second question from him: uh, What tips would each of you give to somebody new who wants to dip their toe into the sent into the satirical fan art industry? Uh, my my advice is very specific advice, and it's don't just do a mashup for the sake of doing a mashup. Uh, you have to have it make sense on some level. It can't just be like. This is a drawing of Doctor Who as Hank Hill. It, like, that's nonsense. 
It's nonsense gibberish that doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's the line it is drawn, and, so and, back off. Oh, but well, the, the line okay. it is drawn uh. has a joke. They have jokes. <laughs> There's an actual joke that gives it an actual purpose. I find with most of the contributors there, they understand that there's has yeah, to be yeah. more than just mashing things up. You have to actually be saying yeah. something about that combination that itself is a joke and could be a joke about something else entirely. Like yeah. you can be very yeah. creative with this stuff. Like I, I just think back to, you know, 10 years ago, there were so many adventure time mashups where it's like, what if this thing was adventure time? And it's like, then what, what, what is the, what, yeah, what are you, you saying? To, are you saying I, anything? I would, I would, First question, exactly. Like Justin is a super interesting guy, yes. and I, I, I'd be very interested to find out yeah. what he means exactly by dipping his toe into the satirical fan art industry, because that that's a pretty vague thing. And it can that could be, a, could lot, be yeah. a lot of different things. Which is why I went with really specific advice. <laughs> yeah it's like exactly so like, even if he says well, uh, that's not what i was looking for it's like well that's what i'm giving you yeah here you go and i think that's the key is that you gotta like look at it on a level that you know and maybe sometimes it's very specific but if somebody gets it they're gonna really get it and it's something that you would never ever ever get from any official source yeah uh i don't really i i just wrote a stupid answer sharp tips to your pencil <laughs> that was my t- <laughs> Well, it's not going to get better than that, is it, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it for me! We got everybody! If the question is just a tip for somebody trying to, like, do, like, stuff in that sense, just, just do. Just do it. If you have an idea, make it, and, like, you know, and there's a community of people, and listen to them and learn from them. Just really, yeah. Okay, here's, here's, here's my legitimate answer, then. Just do it, them. Yeah. And try it out, and don't stick too long to it try one out boom done throw it out the door do another one try it throw it out the door mm-hmm. like just keep going because like the more you do it the more you practice it and then try different things try different combinations don't try the same thing just if they don't work it don't work but you don't know until you actually give it a whirl it's yeah. not very general but like and also like you know the longer yeah. you do it take a look back take a look back at what you did like you know a bunch ago and look how much you've have grown since then and just keep keep going because that's that's gotta you know keep you moving all right so we have some questions from jesse starcher thank you jesse uh first one you are on a deserted island but you've got access to your favorite comic run or series which one do you choose desert island questions are always classic yeah you gotta pick i'll i'll answer right off claremont x-men run mm-hmm. one because it's really big <laughs> so you got a lot to write I'm reading it right now. So it's like, you know what? This is a huge run. So I'll just take that because then it's it's just like one of those enormous, incredible runs. So there. Makes sense. Uh, and and I would go with, with John Allison stuff because since it is all technically in the same universe, oh, uh, I, go, I could man. take all of Bobbins, all of Scary Go Round, all of Giant Days, all of, you know destroy time all of all of his stuff i'm just gonna take it all because it never ends and it's 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 very charming work uh and i am going to cheat and give the same answer to a previous question usagi ojimbo is a long-running series oh. i mean that's it's not cheating long- we don't burn oh, no. these things it's and really if i'm honest with myself that's definitely my favorite comic of all time probably i mean it just is and i've probably said as much on this podcast before but i mean it's, it's, it's consistently great every time i like have a new issue that came in in my pull list i'm like ooh, excited to read it 
Um, and, you know, if you're trapped on a deserted island, the stories of, like, a wandering Ronin getting into all sorts of crazy adventures, probably going to keep you entertained, because you can't go anywhere. <laughs> all right, so next question. Uh, what is the one comic-related item, or items, I guess it could be, like, a, a, a lot of something or whatever, that you would leave to each of your co-hosts in your will? And if you, explain why if you choose to. Uh, Bri, I would like to bequeath to you uh, my Krillin toy that's in my china cabinet, or... <laughs> Maybe my Gohan, or maybe my Scarlet <laughs> Spider. Uh, I don't know. You know, honestly, just take take all of them and take the China cabinet too. Just oh, take wow. them all. And <laughs> and Merc, uh, I I want to give you my collection of materials to blackmail Bry with. Oh, use them responsibly, <laughs> or don't. Nice. I, I mean, I'm dead. It doesn't matter. Excellent. I, is that is that real? <laughs> maybe it's a bit. Maybe, maybe it's it real. is. Maybe it is. <laughs> oh, oh no. I feel like recording 300 episodes of this might have been a bad idea. <laughs> My favorite part of the show is when I get material to blackmail Bri with. <laughs> I guess that's uh-huh. all the little audio bits that I already have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah really. Who, who, who really does that? Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I'll put all of the toys, action figures that I have in a big pile. And if you want to claim them, you can go ahead and claim whatever you want. But if both of you want the same one, you have to slap fight uh, to find out who gets it. That's the stipulation. And I'm suddenly realizing the attitude that maybe makes Kyle want to blackmail me. (laughs) (laughs) Quite vicious. But in all reality, and truthfully, I have a... uh, Hold on, let me grab it right now. It's an audio podcast, so this is a smart idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mighty Mjolnir. Oh, Mjolnir. That makes lightning effects uh, that I got nice. on yep. for very cheap on clearance at Walmart like ten years ago. That will go to uh, Mr. Merkley. It will go to Merck. Damn it! Um, uh, you guys can share it. Uh, and also, I have like a number of Spider. If you're wor- if you're worthy, you can share it. A lot of Spider-Man and Spider-Man related action figures, uh, and I feel like I want to give all of those to Kyle to fill an entire shelf of his china cabinet. So he'll have so many Spideys, he won't even know what to do with them all. I mean, I just, I, I, I got some more Reuben there because I found some spoons and I desperately needed spoons. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's room for a little more Spidey. I feel like, uh, Kyle would like some Spideys. I, I've also yeah. got, my, my wife gave me that Spider-Man mask that's, uh, back there and you can also have that if you want it. All right. <laughs> you, you don't want to know how they used it though. Oh, I know. God. I already know. I already know. It's part of the blackmail. <laughs> we all, we all know. It's we part all of the know. blackmail. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my answer would be I have uh, an Odin, like a, a Marvel Legends Odin yeah. that's like an, assem- an assemble character that you guys got me. Mm-hmm. Like you assembled We built that figure. Sparks. We gave you the pieces. Exactly. We all, we all teamed up on that, baby. Yeah. Boy. So I would leave half to each of you <laughs> of the Marvel Legends Odin. So they have to, you guys have to get together and make Odin whole, uh, just to make yourselves whole, because you've just lost me. Oh. You know, I, who should we get to replace we- Merc when he dies? <laughs> <laughs> you sons of bitches! Yeah. I'm taking my Odin back! Yeah. No Odin for you, one year! Love it. So, okay, and the last yeah. question here, what is the name of the British guy that used to jump in and do all the post-edit stuff? Uh, he was on point, but man, he sounded like a robot sometimes. And that, of course, is uh, the British voice robot who will jump yep. in when yeah, he Bonesy. Be. Bonesy. Bonesy? 
I thought it was a uh, Reginald McFibbins. Oh shit! It was, wasn't it? Oh, but I, I always called him Bonesy. Yeah, and he never told me not to. He was uh he was our our English intern for a while. Yeah, our intern. Uh, <laughs> I, I I I thought he was like Astar the Fourth. He's like you know Astar, that robot boy who gets his limbs cut off and can. Yeah, the one who can put his arm back on. Put his arm back on. So his. But does uh, he have a butt gun? His great-grand robot son became a butler, and is our butler. Yeah. From the, yeah. He, he came from the future, of course, because, I mean, you know, mm. obviously. Normal. Duh. All right, so the next uh, the next bit, a couple of questions. I think he's got, with three. Uh, Jay Bowes, uh, I, I like Jesse Starcher, and, like, there, there's a couple that have been listening to, to us, I think, for quite a while, and have messaged the occasional time, and... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jay's a good friend and of mine. First Jay's of all, great. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thank you. Uh, check check Jbotography so, so, on Instagram. Jbotography yeah. on Instagram. He does a lot of toy oh, photography. Oh, that's him. Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am digging his fun stuff. stuff it's super fun, fun stuff. So Jay's first question, kind of like uh, the Mary Bang Kill, whatever. Friendship fornicate fillet. <laughs> fillet, not so. Not, you, like, like cut him up. Yeah, fillet. Yeah. Uh, like a so mignon. I guess you're not even killing. You might just maim him, like. Quite a bit. Uh, so, friendship, fornicate, fillet. So, it's comics, J. Jonah Jameson, Raimi, J. Jonah Jameson, yeah. or Far From Home, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Uh, so, with those three characters, who would you friendship, who would you fornicate, and who would you fillet? So, here's the thing. Two of those guys, we don't know yet. They might be the same guy. I think they might be well, the same guy. I, as I've said in conversations with Jay before, I feel, I feel like J.K. Simmons is like a multiversal constant for uh, Jonah Jameson. It's always J.K. Oh, he's, he's a Nexus yeah. He's a Nexus creature. Yeah, yeah. He's right. a Nexus creature. Yeah. Okay, because I said I just said, fuck the yellow M&M. <laughs> I'm going to get really? to that. Really? I said I... I'm going to get to that nut. <laughs> oh, my God. And you... Mm. Mm, mm, indeed. I said my... My response is I triple F all of them. Ooh, that's pretty good. I mean, uh, now we know the reason why why he got so built. It's for yeah. the Tora War. Well, I'm, I think friendship, I'm going to choose the Raimi version because he's a jerk, but he does show decency in every one of those movies in some way or another. He shows some softness or some kindness in some little small way, so he's, he's a good guy at heart. Fornicate, definitely current J.K. Simmons because he's like, he got, he got ripped. I want to see what's going on. Um, and Fillet, I will, I'll choose the comics version just because, like, there's no way they're going to keep him dead in the comics, so I feel like it's, uh, it doesn't even matter. He'll be back. If you filleted him right and now? killed him. No. Oh, okay. But if he I were see, to I die, see. it would, like, take two seconds. But if you were to kill him. Listen, yeah. if Frank Castle could come back from being chopped to pieces, I feel like Jonah Jameson would be back, like, literally on the next page, like, you think that would stop me? I'm Jonah Jameson. And then, uh, for no reason. I'm, I'm like, Frank and dead. Jameson. I'm, I'm tasty sushi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question. Uh, amongst the hosts, who can grow hair and chooses not to? And who has no say in the matter? If I can answer this, uh, we can all grow hair, just not in the right places. Yes. Yeah. If you want to see my back. <laughs> <laughs> it gets so much worse over time. It's Go horrible. to kylesback.com. Yeah. The uh, Kyle's It's kylesback.ca, <laughs> actually. Sorry. Yeah, uh, the Kyle's back. The Kyle's yes, back, yes, not that's just right. Kyle's back. Okay, next question. What would happen if a male attempted to inherit the powers of the female Titan in Attack of the Titan? Attack, attack on Titan. Attack on Titan. 
Um, attack, sorry, so, attack. so from uh, what I, I understand, Bri, Bri, you're the one to answer this question because you've watched all of Attack. Yes, on. yeah, and, really. and, have, and have talked with it with with Jay quite a bit. So I feel like this is for me. Like I'll take this. Um, so like there's like the female a, a Titan who has like sort of this crystallization power. I think is kind of the main thing. And I think the question is like. In, if you ingest or whatever, if you become the next Titan who takes over that Titan power, it's sort of the same form, but it's like a female form. So I want to say that that's not really the key to the female Titan. I think, like, the female Titan would just, say, reflect your own sex or gender identity. Um, but you're going to have that, like, lovely blonde hair. You're going to have great oh, hair. Oh, full luxurious hair. Full luxurious hair. Full luxurious hair. But gender gender identity is flexible, obviously, depending on... on, on you know, your own, but, uh, the full luxurious hair, for sure. If a bald man, uh, became the, you know, ingested that Titan, then they would 100%, uh, have wonderful hair. And I think we can all look forward to that. Yeah. When we're all the female Titan. <laughs> the next questions come from Caitlin Middow, friend of the show! They're all friends. We're all friends here. Everyone's all friends of the show. So, uh, Caitlin's first question was, what is the best comic to start reading for a younger kid around four years old? Uh, they were previously obsessed with Calvin and Hobbes for a while, but some of the content definitely went over their head. Uh, I can say, I can say as a previous parent to a four-year-old who is now 18, that's weird, <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes for sure, another really good one would be Bone. That's, Bone that's on my list. Bone children yeah. of all ages. Yeah, it's it's like one of those like all level sort of thing. Like you can read a lot deeper into it. Adults can love it and just get all mm-hmm. the layers, or a kid just can love the visuals and the adventure. And yeah, it's just a fun thing. Well, yeah. like when when my when my kid was four, we read all of Bone. We had like that that black and white one volume edition. Yeah, and we awesome. we read through it. It took us like six months, but like, and it helps the kid learn to read too. So yep. yeah, yep. yeah, hundred percent. Also, I uh, I went to Hill City Comics, and I also ran into uh, Brian Sherry while I was there. And while we were standing at the top of the stairs, I'm looking behind them, and it's kind of the kids' new release sort of section that's right there. And it's like there's a lot of DC and Marvel um, lines that are strictly aimed towards younger kids. Um, there, there's a whole lot of really accessible lines. I was thinking about it earlier and I was like, oh, there's not really that is, there's not as much stuff as there was when I was a kid, but I guess there actually is. It's just, I'm not accessing it. So yeah, yeah. Tons of stuff. On that note, uh, Tiny Titans, I'll just say Tiny Titans, uh, which is a extremely cute introduction to DC and is usually pretty short and visually based and not too wordy. And I feel like, uh, that would be a great introduction to that world for kids. Yep. Nice. Uh, they did have another question. What was your first comic read? Yeah. So um, this is sort of going back to episode one a little bit, I think. Kind of like the first comic. A little bit. A yeah. little bit, a little bit. So we'll go very, very quickly. Don't listen to episode one. Just listen to this couple of minutes. For me, it was probably an Archie comic of some kind. But the first one I really remember was Secret Wars issue number 11 of 12, which just appeared in my house somehow. Uh, Stanley in a Goblin Glider just threw it through the window. That was the mm-hmm, joke. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I, it, like, introduced, like, you know, I knew of these characters, but I, like, got to see them all in certain moments here, and it had, like, a good hook at the end with Doctor Doom and stuff, and I, I, I just was like, oh, wow, interesting, and I've just been obsessed with Marvel ever since. Uh, and for me, it was either, uh, this, this run of X-Men books that was collected into a little black and white trade, or it was Untold Legend of the Batman, which was another book that was collected into a little black and white trade. And it was just at my parents' camp for some reason. And yes, you do have that. 
Mm-hmm. It's sitting on my. I've got uh, the X Men uh, one. I don't have the right Batman there. one, but uh, Christmas is yeah. coming. Mm-hmm. Mine is a uh, Gold Key Boris Karloff Tales of Mystery number ninety four. It's from <laughs> January first, nineteen seventy nine. It's a forty cents on the cover. Uh, this is literally from from my memory the first thing that I ever remember reading from cover to cover, and I remember getting to the end going, I just read like a full book cover like to me that was a book right yeah and it was yeah. yeah and it was like I, I would have been i don't know if i read it in 79 i would have been five at the time i don't know or i got it later i don't know but that that was it um and those those boris karloff they're like horror mystery things with gorgeous painted covers and they're they're just amazing so yeah that was my thing very cool Okay, and the next uh, the next question um, is from uh, our good friends Jamie and Jesse at Rosencrantz Roasting Company. Um, if and we just posted a picture of Dr. Sue Johansson, uh, who was like the sex education kind of person mm-hmm. uh, on TV she's, and radio. She's our Doctor Ruth. She's Canada's Doctor. Yeah, basically, yes, Canada, yes. Canada's Doctor Ruth. Exactly. So, if their their question is, if Dr. Sue Johansson were a comic book character. Who would she be? Ooh. Uh, so my, I initially I thought, you know, if she were a pre-existing comic book character, she would be She-Hulk. And uh, <laughs> then I thought, you yeah, know, yeah, you know we've good. already got a like She-Hulk. It. I think she's more of a G-Hulk. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Hi-yo! Um, I would see her as being like an Amanda Waller uh, char- sort of character <laughs> for like... Is it the hair? Is it the hair? Yeah, I think it is. She's sort of like the Amanda Waller, except like sort of a Suicide Squad situation, but it's like all of the superheroes who clearly have the most psychosexual hangups, and she's trying to help them through it. So I didn't finish reading <laughs> Sex Criminals. Was Sue Johansson in Sex Criminals? Because <laughs> that would be amazing. Come on, Chip. What are you doing? She's like the Nick Fury. She comes in at the end. Jarvis. Welcome home, Da 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 boom. Da, oh boom. my god. Oh my god. <laughs> this is called the accommodator. It's just it's strictly just Sue Johansson with an eye patch. Oh that yeah, rules. Yeah. Yeah. That I rules. Um Fair use. So yeah, I took it. I wasn't looking for an actual, like, existing character. I just wrote, Dr. Sue Johansson, sex lady, leader of the Legion of the Sexually, sexually Responsible Superheroes. He just, she just, like, runs in and whacks you in the face with a dildo, yeah. but then stops and explains to you how to properly use that dildo. Hmm. And her sidekick is an eternally weirded out Conan O'Brien. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question comes from Kayla Quinn, and she asks... Can each of you describe your utopian future comic book world? Mine, personally, speaking for Kayla, just has more Lady Loki in it. I mean, hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, personally, my my utopian future comic book world would just have a lot more shops, a lot more small shops, a lot more cool shops where you can see stuff and you don't have to, you know, go through long boxes for, for hours on end to find something. And, you know, just shops that have arcades in them. I yeah. just want more arcades. Bring them back. Yeah. I feel like maybe maybe that's something that, like, maybe, like, after COVID and everything's safe again, it's like, I want arcades back. Maybe people will be desperate for it. Maybe it's going to get even... That'd be cool. I wrote for... It's not far off what you had, but it was like, 
a world where uh, comics are given to me free in comic book stores. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So like I'll a Starfleet that. sort of That's, future. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like this. Oh, we don't need that money. We don't use money in the future. Mm-hmm. But I'm cooking jambalaya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. On the holodeck. Uh, I, I took it two ways. I'm going to say, like, any, any comic book future where, like, being a weird, regressive gatekeeper is not, like, a way you can make a living, that would be cool if all of those people just disappeared and pe- everyone could just enjoy their comics and everybody would just have a great time and, you know, this industry yeah. wouldn't be strangled to death by a bunch of uh, sad toddlers. Um, adult toddlers. Uh, alternately... You know, superheroes using their powers more for, like, public good than fighting other people. You have Flash, like, runs on a treadmill for, like, an hour a day and generates all the all the energy you need. You got Jon Stewart flying around as an architect with a ring, sort of, like, helping build more, you know, buildings that are more, uh, what do you call it, like, uh, safer, more efficient. You know, just have a world where everyone doesn't have to work so hard and be so miserable and superheroes use their powers for the betterment of mankind and uh, less with the villain fighting. But that would be less fun to read in a comic book. Okay. Right. Uh, Tommy Pastrami, a.k.a. Tom Piotto, uh, the writer behind Bigfoot P.I., a comic hey! strip. I used to read that. He he asks, if DC were to make a Snowflame movie, Snowflame, the, uh, the supervillain that gets their powers from cocaine, sweet, sweet cocaine, uh, <laughs> who would you cast in it as which DC characters? Okay, I gotta explain... I had no idea who that character was till about a week ago. And we have like an ongoing message where Tom, Tommy is in there and there was a message there about that character. And I'm like, I don't know what we're talking about. And I kind of learned a little bit. Um, so going off that of my very limited knowledge that this is like a drug fueled character, I said, uh, Gary Busey as Snowflame, <laughs> uh, Jake Busey as Little Flame. Uh, Charlie Sheen as Guy Gardner. Nick Cage finally gets to play Superman. Uh, Hasselhoff as Hal Jordan. Ooh, those are all great. Uh, I'm gonna, he, I think he posed this to, to us in a chat, and I'm gonna maintain my answer, which he hated. Andy Samberg as Snowflame. Just capturing oh, that that's SNL right. digital yeah, yeah, yeah. sort energy. Just going full cokehead for, for two hours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, Willem Dafoe as Hemogoblin. Jonathan Frakes as General Zod, <laughs> and Chief Wiggum himself, Hank Azaria, as Snowflame. Ooh! <laughs> I like it. I, I like it. I like it. We uh, we have a couple more from, from Colin, I believe, our friend Colin Rackham. Uh, mm-hmm. Check out the Thunder Bay Country Market, uh, where he has a lot of wonderful art for sale. You should definitely check it out. He's great. And check him out on Instagram, C-G-R-A-K. No, check him out C-K. on Instagram, C-J-R-A-K. C.K. Ham. C.J. Rackham. C.J. C.G. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, first question. What is the most offensive comic you've read? Offensive might be subjective, but... Yeah. Uh, I will go back to something I mentioned earlier. Actually, Weapon Brown probably (laughs) has a lot of that sort of stuff. It gets a little... It pushes the buttons pretty good. Because it's It's cool and edgy. Ooh, did they just say and do that? Okay. Like, I don't... Of the modern era, there, but then there's also like stuff that's like older that just it's not like it was trying to push the buttons. It was like just probably not. It it was of a time. Yeah, let's just say that the fabulous furry freak brothers. I stumbled upon a couple of issues of mm-hmm. those when I was a kid, and that kind of like oh, all right. 
a lot of the stuff from Crumb. Oh yes, well yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good lord. Um, the first one that comes to my mind, and I haven't read the entirety of it because I just couldn't. I just sort of checked it out out of curiosity and read as far as I could. But Frank Miller's Holy Terror is uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's horrendous. Like it, it's it's just aggressively Islamophobic. It was intended to be like a work of propaganda. He freely saying like I want this to be like it's a work of propaganda. Um, but I mean, like, I feel like Frank Miller was 9-11 kind of broke him for a long time. Um, mm-hmm, but, yeah. and it was just aggressively Islamophobic and just, just gross. It was like really, really, really not, you, you shouldn't really read it. I would say don't read it. Um, him, yeah. he himself, I believe in more recent years has pretty much disowned it in not so many words, basically saying like, yeah. you know, he wouldn't, wouldn't be capable of that kind of hatred anymore. Hmm. Along those lines, take it what you will. It doesn't change the fact that he put this thing out, but I mean, um, it's not, it's, yeah, it's bad. Uh, and I would just say Batman, the widening Geyer, uh, because it's, it's offensive in its own way. It's really, really bad. And a lot of people got paid a lot of money for this book that was just bad. Yeah. It was just really bad. I'm not familiar with that at all. Oh, uh, Kevin Smith wrote it. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's a Batman comic written it, but it, by Kevin Smith. On the, on, the, on the bright side, it didn't Got get ya. finished. Oh, it's so <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, he didn't meet deadlines, huh? Surprise. I don't know if that's Kevin Smith's fault or uh, Walt. Well, he had yeah. like he had several comics at Marvel that he like put out a couple of issues and then just like fell off the face of the earth. So. Yeah. Uh, and, and Colin's final question, and it's the final question of the episode. If Woo! Spider-Man can do whatever a spider can, does that mean he gets stuck in a bathtub sometimes? <laughs> uh, yes, that's where all his clones are. Oh, yeah. I, eh. They're all, like, scrambling to get out. Eh, yeah. eh. I, I, I feel ben, like Ben got out! I feel like he's got an, an irrational fear of getting washed down the spout. Uh, so he, he, you know, he's very, he's, he, I think he might avoid the bathtub as much as possible, which is Well, yeah, disgusting. but then, then, the, then out comes the sun and, you know. Yeah, it's so true. On. Yep. I would just counter with, you know, don't we all get stuck in the bathtub sometimes? Yeah, don't we? Uh, very true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pardon me. Pardon me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, so with that, that that brings us to the end of our 300th episode. Bry's got the hat Woo! ready. I have a literal so, Riddler hat full of every person who sent us questions. So we're going to have to shake this up and pull one out. Is mm-hmm. it okay if I do the honors, uh, gentlemen? Please. 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 We can't. We're not there. We're, we're, at, we're at a Zoom call, so we can't do anything. Is Caitlin, who had uh, sent in some questions about uh, trying to get her her young child to, uh, you know, not to force them to, to read, read comics. comics. Yep. <laughs> For read comics. So uh, you are a winner. Yay! Yay! Congratulations, Caitlin, and thank you for everybody for sending questions. That was that was super fun. It was yeah, very it was fun. a gauntlet of questions, but it was very fun. Yeah, and thank you everybody uh, for, for listening for three hundred episodes. Even though you probably, and I almost hope you did not listen for three hundred episodes because the start of this show was not good. Yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> that I would. I do. I wouldn't either. Um, and I listen to a but lot. Thanks of crap. for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening from now on. Yeah. When we're much better. In a hundred episodes. Uh, yeah. In a hundred episodes. As always, a huge thank you to Ocean City Defender, K. Preston Merkley, yes. for doing uh, the music. Uh, all the interstitials weren't in 
this episode, but as always, he's done a ton of music for us and he's been super supportive. He's a great guy, super talented guy. Go check him out under Ocean City Defender. Not the game, the music. K. Preston Merkley does a lot of stuff. He's got like a great just music of his own, a couple of albums. Plus he does like soundtrack work and a bunch of stuff. So check him out. Yeah, 100%. All right, and we will see you next week for episode 301. Yay! Woo! Woo! A bold new era! I had a big day! They took a bath! Calgon, take me away! Whoa! Wow! Hey, welcome to the Three Idiot Show.